What up, though? This is Pop Culture 223, a podcast where we talk about firearms, the Second Amendment, gear, and the culture. Get it popping with us on this journey. Let's go. Yo, yo, what up, though? This is the Pop Culture 223 Podcast. I'm here with my homeboy, The Bear, once again on the ones and twos. What up, though? What up, though? This is episode five, bro. Can you believe this is episode five for me? Oh, yeah, because you've been working, man. You've been hustling. Oh, man, hey, man, this... this you've been out here getting it. I'm, I'm nervous, man. I'm still <laughs> nervous. And then I got my homeboy up in here, man, my my boy. I'm going to let him introduce himself, uh... I want to say my shooting mentor, good friend, man. So I'm a little nervous, you know what I'm saying, because my dog here, I know he's going to critique me. Had to load one up for him. He's going to critique me real deep, and I, that's what I needed to, to improve the quality of content on the show. So um, further ado, I'm going to let him introduce himself. Go ahead, homie. Kevin, I'm not going to critique you, man. I'm, I'm going to bring your viewership down. Your, uh, your subscribers are going to drop after this one. So, Anyway, I'm Jeff Wilde with DMI Performance. It's a performance shooting school. Um, been rolling for about 14 years. Mm. And kind of just like KJ and probably the rest of you guys, I kind of got into the gun culture the same way, wanting to go that CPL route. Um Worked in the salvage industry for a lifetime and was out buying some uh, scrap material. And just felt I needed to be able to protect myself. So that's kind of what brought me into the, the, the gun culture. And I got a CPL class. And much like most students, I, I was horrible. It was absolutely horrendous. Never wanted to shoot again, go to the range or, or whatever, right? And uh, I had some very ambitious friends and motivated friends that really drugged me into it and uh, got me hooked on it. And it just kind of exploded from there. And, uh, you know, at some point we decided, uh, hey, let's become instructors, me and some of my friends. And and uh, so we started that CPL instructor route, and it really lasted about – one class before I was like, this really isn't what my drive is. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so that's kind of when DMI performance exploded and, and we started to develop our own curriculum. And I brought in, uh, army ranger Barrett Carver to help with the development side of things and, uh, kind of launched the program. And, uh, so here we are, whatever it's 10 years later, we're at, you know, 40, maybe 50 in-house curriculums that we have offered since that first day. That's what's up. And uh, KJ's been a big part of the program uh, since we've met up with him. Hey, I got, I got that recorded. I'm going to post it <laughs> a bunch of times on Instagram. But he ain't going to say he was rolling around in Detroit. He said, look, he was rolling around in Detroit. He said, look, I need to get my pistol on me. Right. <laughs> I need to, I'm going to Detroit to these salvage stars on the east side. I think I need to have that chicky chicky bang bang on right. me. That's what he really wants to say. I'm going to say it for him. <laughs> I'm going to speak for him a little bit. I'm going to be honest. I, I took about five years out or off from the salvage industry, and I'm back in it now. And in the last six months, I've spent more time in Detroit than I did the whole 15 <laughs> years I owned my prior company. Hey, uh, hey, hey now, let me ask you this, just to, uh, for those that don't know, what does the DMI and DMI Performance stand for? DMI Performance, originally when we launched it, it was uh, Defensive Manipulation Institute, um, or short for DMI. But it really doesn't roll off the lips, right? So right, right, we right, we right. Uh, we rebranded it and okay. changed our focus from not necessarily you know defensive minded shooting and, and really went after the performance shooting aspect of it. Okay. Um, yeah, man. So like Jeff got me to my performance, like where I'm at now with the performance pushing me to get better and. Like, he introduced me to acts. He introduced me to IDPA practice. Like, all those things enhanced my skills. Like, mm-hmm. I was, you know, I started doing, you know, with MDFI, with the fundamentals. But um, I had a good friend of mine, partner at Lamont, that introduced me to Jeff. And after I met him, like, he, he pushes you. Like, 
Big boy rules at the range, mm-hmm. big, you know, talking crap, but he really cares about his students. He really mm-hmm. cares about his students getting better at all times. He's going to push you. He's going to push your performance to, to where it needs to be, but it's more he's going to push you mentally, too, mm-hmm. to think about why you're doing it. Right. Like, when you're at the class, he's like one of the instructors that's not going to be like, he's going to show you something. He's going to give you the why we're doing it, mm-hmm. and, and this is the reason. But you also got to have a mind shift, like, okay, I need to be open to what he's teaching, mm-hmm. not go off of what I see on YouTube or Instagram, what somebody else then told me. Right. Just have an open mind to my instruction. And like I said, when I first started – it was like handgun one, two. Now he changed a bunch of different names. I call him like, hey man, what class is this? <laughs> what class is that? But like I said, kudos to him, man. Like, my game comes strictly from DMI performance, man. <coughs> in in that whole arena. Um, especially talk about acts, man, because we throw the word acts out here around right. a lot. And I know a lot of listeners probably don't even know what that is. Because he done got me hooked on it through him, you you get him hooked on it, so you know. See you on the field soon. <laughs> yeah, so AXE is a uh, it's a shooting club. It's it's an acronym for American Confederation of Tactical Shooters. Um, basically, it was started by some veterans that were coming back from uh, you know the the War of Terror, War on Terror, whatever it's called, and they had some a skill set, and they were looking, hey, what do we do with this? And and they started this club to uh, you know challenged their abilities with with scenario play and uh so it's 19th year right now i I think is where it's at um i came in i think at the tail end of the eighth year and uh ended up being the president of the club i I recently resigned just with my professional side uh, getting in the way and and trying to get married and uh, bring our families together. Just didn't have the time to devote to it. But so that's what it is. It's tactical shooting as close to tactical as we can get, you know, uh, on a square range with 180 degree um, engagement uh, lines. But it's challenging. It's hard. And and we we hold people accountable. So guys come from IDPA or USPSA and, and they're like, hey, how did I get all these penalties? It's like, well, because we hold you accountable. That's why. <laughs> hey, let me tell. I tell people all the time, like I was telling Ron, I said, listen, bro, it's big boy rules out there. I can't mm-hmm. really explain it. Like, you know, I get penalties. So I, you guys have to come out there. So as long as you're safe and keep the gun pointing in a safe direction, you probably can get through a course or a stage. But it's more of a mind screw than it is a a, a skill. But mm-hmm. I guess they all go together. Right. You're gonna, it's a thinking man's game out there. Right. So if your skill level is not to where it needs to be, it's not. It, you know what I'm saying? It, it's not gonna. You're gonna get penalties, and you might get sent home. Hey, and, and I can say this as a as a first time or that one time uh, I went last year before you guys had the uh, the big show or the big event. I can always say, can't nobody take this away from me, right? <laughs> as my first time out, as a first timer, I finished better than both of y'all that day. <laughs> did, did I get DQ'd that yes, day? Sir, you did. It sounds like I probably got DQ'd then. <laughs> yes, sir, you did. <laughs> hey, but you know what's crazy about so, that? So with, with that, and 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 I'll, honestly too, I was I was surprised I didn't come in last last out of everybody that didn't de- get DQ'd because of course the DQ's whatever. But I'm just saying I can. That's that's the story I'm I'm telling and I'm sticking to it. I, I finish better than if Jeff. I don't come back out here no more. <laughs> right. I know I finish more higher than, I, I, than heavy and Jeff Wild. I smoked those cats. <laughs> but at first when we started going out there, me and Sinister Five Five Six, like let's not get sent home. Mm-hmm. And then here comes Jeff. Well, that's not good enough. Right. Now it's like let's 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 win one. Let's mm-hmm. get up there because he continuously wins. Them, right. You know, up in the top five. So now it's not like let's not get sent home. Now like let's push it a little bit. Right. Let, let's let's win one. Right. I have not yet broke probably top fifteen or ten <laughs> since I've been going out there. Mm-hmm. But it's I, I like it because it's fun, man. And like you said, you know where we come from, around, You know people are like, well, you out there with such and such, y'all running around right. and doing this and that. Are you worried? I'm like, no, man. You get out there and talk to them guys. It's almost like family. It's almost like right. we all, you know, a brother from another mother. Right. We out there, you know, two way. We shooting. We having fun. Right. Mama pops out. 
kids out there, right. the, the soccer dads, they right. pull up in the minivan, get loaded, and they get to work, and then mm-hmm. we go home, break down, shake hands, yep. and we all. And, so, er- and everybody is, is, is very supportive. I can say that again as a first-timer out there. Um, you know, they pe- want you to ask questions. They, they want you to ask questions. People, you know, if they see something you're doing that's, you know, I don't want to say messed up, but it's something you could do better. You know, you get a lot of advice. You know, people that could, you can tell are either helping, you know, whether they're RSOing or if they're, you know, just seasoned shooters. You know, so I really appreciate that as a new shooter to ask as well. Yeah, man, it yeah. was uh, like I said, I was kudos to Ryan because everybody said they're gonna come out and shoot, but Ryan was at my house at like six forty-five, <laughs> seven. Hey, you ready? I'm like, bro, I'm not thinking about going. It's cold outside. <laughs> it was raining and muddy, all kind of hey, stuff. Hey, he man. was a, he was about it, man. But um, I want to ask you this, Jeff. Um, the DMI performance curriculum, the the curriculum itself, when you create it, comes for like what experiences. Like your previous, like, are you putting like the, the the performance part in with tactical, with just living? You know what I'm saying? In like, where do you get the curriculum ideas to write the curriculum? So that's that's a great question, uh, Kevin. So let's. I got that on. I got that on tape. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta give him his gloss, right? Right. So let, let's. What does performance mean? Uh, you know, our mantra is performance is universal, and specifically, what that means is. The student comes with their own wants and needs and applications, mm-hmm. right? So our thought is regardless of your application, we all want to perform at high levels of success. So, mm-hmm. you know, and, and regardless if you're a CPL dude, you're uh end-of-the-world guy, you're a professional uh, uh, gun user, you know, police, law enforcement, whatnot, competitive shooter, the application is yours, but we all want to be able to perform at high levels under stress. So that's that's what the performance advantage or the performance uh, the performance aspects means to us. Um, mm-hmm. And so when it comes to the curriculum, as KJ touched on, it's like, oh, the names have changed. I don't have I taken this class before. <laughs> like, I don't even want to call him because he's about to be a butthole on this one. Just come out. So the reality is, is that we're always evolving as as people, and we're always evolving with, you know, the cl- if you took primary handgun two day last year, mm-hmm. and it and we have primary handgun two day this coming weekend. It's going to be a different class. Okay. So, something's going to be different about it. And uh, whether it's from our presentation or uh, how we approach different things, it's going to be different. So because we're different people, we have different life experiences. We, we right. see what works, what, what doesn't work. And so, Kevin, I'm so off the rails. What was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> like, where did you get the – when you're creating curriculum, are you – okay, so you got – Okay, so your background is not military, right? You're just an average Joe just like me. Correct. So a lot of people that you see on IG or whatever, their curriculum comes from previous experience because they were in a special unit or so so they say or whatever. So they bring, they bring that knowledge and curriculum to, to people. But when you write your curriculum, you bring in the knowledge from where? Like where are you pulling it from? So – where it comes from the civilian side, and, and, and this is that we could fill a few hours just talking about <laughs> civilian training. And uh, because, A, the, the industry feels that civilians don't need it. There's not a purpose for it, right? So civilians are automatically discounted right out of the box. So, right. so for me, when, when we're developing it, and, of course, we had Barrett Carver with us, Army Ranger, um, and he had that military aspect, but the crossover is just not there. You can't take team military uh, tactics and apply them to civilian uh, situations because we normally roll solo or, or one or two people. So there's, there's the carryover is not necessarily there. So, so my background with the firearms is much like you, KJ, I, I became a training junkie where I, I was taking any class I could anywhere I could in, in traveling and uh, to where the good instructors were. So I got a resume that, that it's boring to look at, but when I finally I, I finally put it down on paper just to see all, all the classes all that I did, yeah. you know, you got your folder full of certs, whatever, you never look at that thing again unless the insurance company wants to see it. But right. 
But when I wrote it out just to put on a slide for a class in a PowerPoint, I was like, holy crap, that, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of experience. Um, so that's where I'm drawing it from. And, and you know, what I experience on the range, and, and I try to get out there and shoot with people that are better than me so I can peel off some, uh, you know, some knowledge from, from people that are better than me as well. And uh, so... It, that's where it comes from. If I had to pinpoint one area that has changed my shooting uh, to the positive, um, the late Ron Avery, I, I ran into him. He was teaching a class with uh, Haley Strategic, and uh, I, I met Ron at that class and blew my mind, changed my shooting from that day forward. I said every, every moment that I've spent shooting and every dime that I've spent has been a waste if I could have started here, mm. it'd be better. And that, that's kind of where the the performance side of things started was right there on that day one, 10 minutes into the class. Mm. So, yeah, um, that's a, uh, and, and, it, and it shows, and, and it shows in the curriculum and everything is always evolving. Like your curriculum is always evolving. Now you got these special, these, uh, can I say it, fight club? Performance Fight Club. Performance Fight Club. We're just going to leave it there. So mm. if you're a lucky one to come out to some classes, mm. you get into this group, and then you can come out to these to these special events that DMI Performance put on. And let me tell you, man, they they super dope. Mm. Super dope, man. Okay. Super dope. I've, I've been to two, two of them. Two of them. I think you probably have five of them listed since I you started we've it. we've done six total. Six. Six. Mm. So uh, seven, eight, nine are this year. Seven, eight, nine. So yeah, um, and I'm gonna post a lot of this stuff on uh, Instagram, and I'm gonna post it on the YouTube channel, uh, Pop Culture Two Two Three, where you can find um, Jeff Wild and his his company, DMI Performance. If you're looking for a good instructor in the local area, definitely hit him up. Like I said, this is where I got my game from. But um, look, we about to get into some. Now he brought this topic to me. <laughs> this is all his brainchild. So this, how can I say? So. If you're a CPL if you're in a CPL holder, and you're thinking about being, you know, carrying a firearm, does your, does your religious belief give you the yay or the nay to carry a firearm? Like, what what do you really like? If you say, okay, well, I may have to defend myself and take a life, does that stop you from carrying a firearm because your religious religious beliefs, or what does the good book say about defending yourself? Now he brought this topic to me, and I said, yeah. "Man, that's great. We're gonna have you on here." Yeah. So, so it's 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 actually a little broader scope than that. Uh, you know, there's there's the religious aspect to it, but let's let's be real. Not everyone has followed the same religious path, but they still can have good moral standards without mm -hmm. that religious background. Mm -hmm. So, so it's does your moral scope allow for you to use a lethal force to protect yourself or your loved ones? That's basically what the question becomes so so just really quick um so i got a story for that quick story but literally just same type of principle um doing a cpl class um whole family there you know uh, hu you know husband wife mother-in-law father-in-law wife sister all of them right and the mother she's you know big in the church big in the religion same, you know, basically where you're you going with this, you know, this question. And that was one of the things she said in class was, you know, not wanting to kill anybody and she doesn't want to have to do and so forth, so forth. And the one thing that I said to her that kind of, I guess, put it in perspective for her to kind of ease her and make her more comfortable with it was, you know, more or less I said, you know, I fully understand that I'm not here to teach you how to kill. You know, I'm teaching you a, a skill, you know, to be able to protect yourself. Nobody here wants to, you know, be a killer. I said, however... You're talking about somebody that's, you know, coming against it to, you know, your family and cause harm to your family, you know, and if it was somebody's life versus your one of your daughter's lives or your husband's life, how would you react to that? Would you, you know, at that point, be, you know, being the wife, being the mother, you know, feel a certain kind of way about protecting and so forth? She kind of looked at it that way, thought about it and said, yeah, you're right. I, you know, I never really thought about it that way. You know, those are my babies. That is my husband. I don't want to kill, but if I have to defend them for that and that happens, you know, and I think that's the, just from my, my, my experience, that's the thing of breaking it down to them. And that's key of that 
we're not killers. I'm not teaching you to be a kill. You're not shooting to quote unquote kill. You're shooting to stop a threat. And of course there are repercussions and consequences and so forth, so forth. But that's what I've done to help out for anybody that's religious when talking to them about that. Um, you know, I, I come from the South. I grew up in Southwest Detroit, right? So every corner was a church and every mm-hmm. corner it was a neighborhood and the neighborhood wasn't, when we was kids, that was just a neighborhood. We mm-hmm. played with people around there, but now yep. you get grown, you grow up and still go to them churches. The neighborhood yep. is not, you know, like, oh, this, this may be an issue. But right. back then you didn't, you didn't mess with people that went to church. The right. car could be, it'd be 50 cars up the block. Right. They're not getting broken into. Right. They're not getting touched. None of that. Right. Now things didn't change. Things are different. Th- things are different now. I didn't know. Like back then, pastor—I mean, deacons of pastor had firearms, or you know, that was a big thing. Mm-hmm. And then now, because when he brought the question to me, the idea, I called, you know, my auntie. I called, you know, just started asking questions about it. But you know, Jeff, in Jeff ways, he said, "Man, you got this thing in your head called." The cell phone. It's a smartphone. <laughs> <laughs> Just Google <laughs> scriptures about self-defense. I said, you know what, Jeff? I ain't even going to say nothing. I'm going to let you have that one. You was right. But, you know, you get your, your, your what you want to call, I don't, the book, the, the, I don't know what they call them, the book, the people that hit you with the book. The Bible thumpers. Bible thumpers. But mm-hmm. in the Bible, it doesn't say, it doesn't, you know, it's, it's, it's good scripture in there to say about defending yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, um, like, you know, the e- shepherd had e- a stick. Even though one of your commandments is thou shalt not kill. It still has that in there. Go. So Hitting with it, Jeff. <laughs> oh, no, so, no. I'm, no, I'm, no, just, I'm just saying. I'm just I'm just stirring the pot. You oh, know, for, sure, yeah. for sure, for <laughs> sure. Definitely. Uh, I, I know uh, in the Lutheran church, which which I belong to. Uh, Me too. It's uh, thou shalt not murder. Right, right. And so... And again, we, uh, it's not even, like you said, it's not killing. It's, it's cessation of threat. Right. And, and ultimately, if we go back to like old school NRA teachings for, you know, CPL, personal protection inside the home, it's the, the, our actions didn't lead us to this conclusion. It was Mm -hmm. the assailant's, uh, actions. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, so, Scripture, there, there is scripture to support it, and uh, so, of course, everything words have meaning, therefore consequence, and, and how words are interpreted right. can uh, or interpreted can uh, change everyone's approach. And when you look at scripture individually, mm-hmm. right, that's where we get the radicalism yep. in, in religion because yep. we look at one thing and 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 it's a very narrow stroke. So we gotta be careful how we look at it right. and, uh, and how we come to our conclusions. <clears throat> yeah, um, like I said, like he brought it to me, so I started looking into you know scriptures and talking to people, and it was like, man, there's no really thing that really says you you know you you can't defend yourself. Right. Um, you know, uh, one scripture was um, I think it was Exodus twenty two, two and three. If the thief is caught breaking in at the night. And it struck a fatal blow. The defender is not guilty of bloodshed. So, hey, if you at home. That's your castle doctrine right there. <laughs> right there. I was about right to say, there. that's not a castle doctrine to me. So, you know, and then um, we got another one. Because me and, you know, me and uh, Jeff was out there in, in the green room. Mm-hmm. You know, thinking politicking. about. Politicking. But he, what about the idea about turning the other cheek? Now, like, that was a great. Mm. Um, uh, we was out there kicking it, and he, and he. He had a good uh, theory about it, and um, so that was Matthew thirty-eight and thirty-nine. Uh, let's see if I can find a better version of it versus the one I wrote down, where I can't read my own writing. <laughs> you got that. Don't you, don't you hate that sometimes? <laughs> That's me writing fast. I, I wrote in, this. I got hurry, to church. You're like, oh, okay, we did it. I got to oh. church twenty minutes early and did some homework. <laughs> there you go for this, right? There and you go. He, <laughs> and then he come here, so I can't read what I wrote. <laughs> All right, so. So 38 is, you have heard that it was said eye for an eye or tooth for a tooth. 39 is, but I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek also. So the when we look at that, uh, and this is a perfect example of the Jeffism words have meaning. Um, people think of that as you should turn the other cheek towards evil. Right. Okay, and, and 
what it's saying is that you stand in the face of evil, and if, if it slaps you in the right cheek, offer him the left cheek. You're not <laughs> you're not backing down. You you're there's no duty to retreat. That's the way I interpret it. <laughs> and so, and I was pointing out to KJ, if we look at the resist word, one of the meanings of resist is to remain unaltered, undamaged, or unaffected, or to withstand. Right. Okay, so you're you're withstanding evil. It's like water resistance, right? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? It repels water. Right, right, so right. so we are doing what? We are resisting right. evil. Right. It says do not resist evil, okay? But then it's telling you stand up to the adversity. Mm-hmm. So it's do, do yeah, am I standing up with with this uh MMP or what what <laughs> <laughs> So I mean there's there's the joy of the Bible is you can read one thing that says one thing and somewhere else it, it counteracts it, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it, it's that's why Catholicism would say, hey, don't read the Bible unless the unless the priest is there to interpret it for you. So, you know, when I find myself, when he came to the topic, I, was, I jumped, <laughs> and my homeboy foot going to be mad. I probably read more. I probably read more scriptures when he brought the idea to me, <laughs> opposed to going to Bible study every Thursday. <laughs> I don't write down none of the scriptures, but when Jeff said, "Hey man, what you think about?" I was like, "Oh, let me jump into this. I want to sound like you know what I'm saying." I, I, I you can't. Were, you had your own Bible study, bro. Right? I was so, in that. I wrote. I, this was three. This was three weeks, four weeks ago. I got mm. scripture stuff written all down. But I was just like, man, I jumped into the Bible, was reading and talking to people, and I was like, I didn't even do this in Bible, regular Bible study. I just right. cut it on and listen and be like, yeah, man. But, you know, my boy like, man, you need to write this down and read in the morning. I said, yeah, but what about self-defense? What did the right. guy say? You know, I'm right. hitting him with it. And, you know, we, we chopped it up for a nice long time. Um, and I found some another uh, scripture that I kind of like. It was uh, in Luke 11:21. It says, when a strong man is fully armed, guards his own house, his possessions are safe. I was like, man, I, I that was kind of deep to me. That was, um, um, I was like, okay, so I'm good. We good. It's, it's, it's no, you know what I'm saying? It's I'm okay. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and the way I feel about protecting myself, my family, my home, I'm good. So, so in a nutshell, right, it's, People are like, oh, you're, you know, a wackadoo gun guy. You know, you're prepping <laughs> for something that's never going to happen. And it's like, you know, we're not wa- watching the Kardashians, okay? We're, we're, we're making ourselves better people. We're, we're increasing our ability to think, to solve problems, to be critical thinkers. So, to me, the, the, the gun is just the, the, median that, the, the medium that brings us to that. Right. Just so so if we can all be better people at the end of a class, then then we're doing we're doing the right thing. And KJ, right. you telling you just saying that because of me, you've been in the Bible reading <laughs> scriptures like that. That's like the best compliment you could. No, you real, could I mean, me, but that, I, you know, this ain't scripted. This, that was real talk. Like I, I called my auntie and I, you know, I called all my aunties that, you know, listen, man, we was in church Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It was always something going on at the church, so we was there. So you know, the background was straight up Baptist church. So you know, I start, I asked them, and I got some information. I just started looking up scriptures and start reading. Although I do, you know, periodically do reading in the morning, but it was just more intense because I was looking. Because I know when Jeff get up here, I got to be on my my a, my. <laughs> When I get up here and start talking to you, I gotta be on my A game. This ain't no, this right. ain't no. You know what I'm saying? He ain't, he ain't gonna cut you short. He's gonna call me when he leave there, like, "Hey, bro." <laughs> <laughs> He's right. <laughs> hey, remember that thing you said about the stuff? Yeah, we probably shouldn't have said that. Right. Remember that thing we said about the thing and all that? But like, his, it, 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 that's crazy how his his influence is because you know, just like you know, pivot off of that. I started carrying an MMP because he shoot MMP. Mm-hmm. I was a Glock dude, mm-hmm. but he was every class MMP. Get this MMP, get this, get that. Then I bought a bunch of MMPs. Knowing I should probably should have bought a bunch of Glocks, but his influence right. <laughs> on the MMP was right. like you know what I'm saying. It, it was just it was a great platform, good gun. I still I love them. I love them. I love those guns today. But his influence of it 
that's what made me, you know, jump over into that to that world. So let me ask you this then. I, I may be jumping the gun here a little bit, but you know, are we gonna talk him in peace now, now that we got I, that's why I threw it out there. I was okay. gonna ask him why why what 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 why is the MP your 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 every day? Yeah, why is the MP your go to? All right, let's uh this this is probably gonna fill the rest of the time, but <laughs> I'll, I'll try and give it the two minute version. Yeah, let's go short form. So <laughs> So much like everyone, I, I started with the Glock, and, and it was kind of when the M&P line came out, and, um, you know, the the family member that was kind of guiding me along my, hey, here's your, these are guns, this side the bullet comes out. Um, <laughs> right. So so I got an M&P, and, uh, you know, and then, of course, like any gun you put in a safe, they have babies, and uh, <laughs> next thing you know, there's three or four. And uh, and I changed focus. I I I sold them all and uh, went the HK route. Mm. And, uh, are you ready for the kicker? You're not gonna be surprised when I tell you this, but what brought me back to the M&P line was you're back to it. Okay, okay. Was standing in the range, and first time I ever met Doug Holloway with uh, ATEI with uh, American Tool Engraving. Standing there showing the owner of the range this kick-ass custom-milled M&P, mm. super sweet trigger in it. And uh, so I'm like, hey, man, let me see that. I just sold all my M&Ps, but that looks pretty cool, you know. So I start finger-manipulating this gun, and I'm like, holy crap, this is legit. You do it with HKs? No? Oh, crap. Guess I got to get an m and got to get another again, right? M&P and come back. And so... You know, within a couple months, all the HK stuff was gone, and we were back full circle M&P. Okay. And, uh, and well, I've stuck with it. Of course, I've got, you know, STI, single stacks, you know, Nighthawks, double stacks, whatnot. Um, why I stay with the M&P is uh, they work. Okay, there's there's a whole lot of perfection not being perfect on the range. And, uh, <laughs> and when students come in and they're struggling – Okay. I just grab one of the M&Ps out of the bag and a holster from, uh, you know, Freedom Holster. One of our holsters gives us holsters to let guys use and students use on the range. And I said, here you go. Here's a mag carrier. Here's a, you need a belt. Here's a belt. Here's a, you know, here's right. a gun. And, and it works. And it works for them very right. specifically. So ultimately, you can do more with it than you can do with a Glock. You know, you can make the palm swell smaller, you can make them larger. Glock, you can only make it larger. The um, trigger mechanism, I don't know if you guys have seen it on uh, Grand Thumb, but he's been revisiting the mud test with the M&P, and mm -hmm. this is the only gun that still works Right. once the mud gets in the trigger. And mm -hmm. uh, so, back to the perfection thing, you know, whatever. Glocks are great guns and whatnot. My experience is the tight tolerance on the magazines with the with the metal feed lips. Mm -hmm. As soon as they hit the ground and sand is introduced to it, that tight tolerance becomes a hindering factor of the of the gun, mm. and they tend to tend to uh, have issues that I see in classes. Now, is that applied unilaterally across the country? Probably not. It's a small test sample of my experience, but and also women uh, women students. They're, they're men bring them to class with Glocks, and I give them M&Ps, and they do fine after that. And uh, so that's kind of – I started in M&Ps and then got away from them, came back to them, and just – they feel natural. It, it is what it is. Let me ask you this, man. How do you feel about the, uh, the new metal frame editions that they have out? You ever, have you – yeah, had a chance to play with those a little bit to see. Well, this is <laughs> my own, man KJ and do, I, right? Do you own a couple. <laughs> so, <clears throat> I was interested in when it came out. I was disappointed that it was aluminum and not steel, because because okay. I I would rather have the steel frame than a than a aluminum frame. For the weight. Yes. Okay. And and the durability. Gotcha. Right. So when you start dropping stuff sure. and, and hitting stuff, aluminum's a lot softer and exactly. will tear up a lot easier. Yeah. So, our friend Ross Palmer uh, from Go CCW, um, he picked up the competitor, the five inch, five and a half inch one, and we went out for a winter practice day and was hammering it. And uh, you know, then he's like, "Here, use this." So I put 
300 rounds through it. Mm-hmm. And I, what I really liked about it was the way I torque my grip. I, I get a lot of torque on the trigger guard, and it, mm-hmm. it and it ends up bowing. And uh, there's no movement on that aluminum. Gotcha. So, so that's really nice. So one day I walk into the store, uncoiled. They got a used one sitting there. It's got, you know, 50 rounds through it. Mm-hmm. Guy needed money after he bought it. You got to love those deals, right? So I bought it. I, used I, gun, I right? scooped it up. and um, Quick. Let me say this quick. Because oh, yeah. I, oh, yeah. the, the, I had called Joe the day after. He's like, nope, it's gone. So, so my <laughs> shop is 10 minutes away, right? So okay. I, just, I just head right over when I saw it. So... So with that one, and, and uh, so I got a lot of different options from, you know, four or five, uh, four inch, four and a quarter inch, five inch ones, you know, modified different ways. And uh, so I, I did what any responsible gun owner should do is is just went out to the range of 500 round, you know, side by side, each mm-hmm. one doing different drills, seeing what the actual difference was. Mm-hmm. And with that, I, I think I still like the polymer one better. Okay, okay. Um, Nothing wrong with that. So it it's not. I'm he not eliminating it, right? I'm right. still I'm uh, still testing I to, it. Like I, like I hate to say I this, but say. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm I haven't eliminated it from contention, right? It's okay. it's still I'm still putting rounds in it to okay. to see long term, and, and then of course at some point we're gonna get it modified from Great Lakes Custom Works mm-hmm. and ATEI, and so it fits in. Because right now I'm comparing it, hey, this is a stock metal one versus a, you know, right. fully kitted out one from these other great companies. Right. Now let me ask you this real quick, too. So you said babies. Does that extend down to the, the shield babies as well, as far as your 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 affinity for M&Ps? For my affinity for M&Ps, it, it, it – Probably starts and stops with the <laughs> with the that full size okay. MMP line. That the shield to me is a it's a it's a mini gun. That's it's trying to be a mini gun, but it's not. Mm. It's large to me. They're snappy, and I'm just I've never been a fan of it. Really? No, I, I, I'm the same way. But knowing how you are about MMPs, to hear an MMP guy say that about you know that gun. It's interesting because a lot of times you don't get people that because I'm I'm a Glock CZ guy and I'll tell people in a minute like well I love my Glocks my 43 is okay my 43 X is a whole lot better but yeah, like you said it's just the the difference in the smallness the snappiness and blah 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 so given the choice so I'm forth, 43 you know. 43X 48 over right, a shield any right. day of the week yeah yeah I I, I that's the one um I, one of those purchases I may get that 40 that 48 or 43 X I like I like yeah it. I, I love I love I love my 43x but I can't lie if the P10s was in a slimmer frame <laughs> like that I'd probably be switching fully over to I, I tell these guys with their uh, staccatos I'm like you know a fully tuned double action only CZ blows that out of the water <laughs> okay now go go okay now my go guy in, <laughs> now, now go into because you know what that was. He he told me that. Now yeah. go into that a little bit. Why why is that? Because he's an STI guy. Now what what about the STI? What about the, the staccatos staccatos that you don't like compared to the STI? Because they they they're the same company, but they're not right. So the difference between staccato and STI at this point was uh, or is. It's mass-produced versus not mass-produced, right? Mm. So they've, they've found a way to streamline the process mm-hmm. to, to get it out to the masses, mm-hmm. which is a plus, mm-hmm. right? But you cut corners somewhere to, to going from a, from a one-off, you know, a handcrafted piece of art to a mass-produced piece. It, they're different. So how much different? Okay, Let's go to the range and we'll shoot them side by side and we'll see. But <laughs> Let me say it this. may it may not matter. That CZ uh, orange that Sinister got that's a bad boy. Yeah, that's a it's a it shoot it's it's a difference between that shooting that and the, and the staccato. Yeah, but I just know he's an STI guy. For, he got yeah. an STI. He got a forty-five. You STI the I've got a, uh, a DVC tactical. It's nine millimeter, and okay. I've got a uh, four-inch single stack tactical. Which is also nine. It's the last two I've got left still. Yeah, so I, I know he was an STI guy. I know the STI guys don't 
they're not real fond of the staccatos. Mm. And, uh, you know, that was my first 1911, 2011 frame. I'm like, I love your, it. Because yours is an STI, though, too, right? Mine's a staccato. Is it a staccato? Okay. okay. I'm a 2011 guy. He's the old school STI guy. Okay. But, you know, that was my first 2011 whatever frame, and I, I love it. You know what I'm saying? I, I like it a lot. The XC is legit. That, the XC is out of my It is frame. legit. But hey, hey, yeah, that's we're we're in a different yeah, level at that point, right? Like I've wanted it. It yeah. was the DVC, uh, what they call it, the the DVC uh, something when it came Omni when mm-hmm. it came out. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted one. It, it was four thousand dollars right you know, then, right? Right. That's, so yeah. now it's staccato and it's not as custom, mm-hmm. but it's more than four thousand dollars. Right. It's still like, at so least four thousand. The same right. reasons I didn't buy an Omni are the same right. reasons I'm not buying buying that one. But it's a beautiful gun and it it feels amazing. So, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was so with that going with that same thing because like, see every time we get. See, I call him, him and Sinister the, the, my staccato boys because that's, you know, how they get down. But how do – because I'm really – because I'm tempted. I'm not paying $4,000 for a gun. I, I'm not at that point where I can do, where whether it's skill-wise, um, justification to the wife, <laughs> financially, the whole nine. But say, let's say you get shooters that are in this range here where I like the gun, I like the way it functions, but – I can't afford it, don't want, you know, all the reasons I just gave, you know, justification, blah, 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 whatever. But Springfield has this this prodigy out now, right? How would you not compare, but what's your thoughts on that versus, you know, going down that route to have a something similar? You, you get what I'm saying? Like a similar type of gun, it's, you know, made for that purpose, but it's not as expensive. That's that's actually a great question. Uh, so so you you've got a two great questions. <laughs> you got an entry level price, right? That's right. five hundred dollars less than the real one. Uh, it's probably about fifteen hundred less, but yeah. eh, it's twenty five versus three, right? Or fifteen oh, no, it's, versus it's, two. It's about it's fifteen. It's, 16, yeah. it's fifteen, sixteen versus three. Well, I think the five inch is like seventeen, but seventeen versus like twenty five, three. Okay, yeah, right. so eh, it depends where you shop, man. Yeah. <laughs> so start shopping where with, y'all shop. Right. With that being said. <laughs> Does it work? Okay, that, that's is is the one I buy gonna work? Mm-hmm. So so that's a question, and and depending on what your application is, if it's if it's life saving gear, would you say, hey, uh, you know, Saint Peter, if I had seven hundred dollars, could I go back down and finish out my life? Right, <laughs> right, right. I'd be like, yeah, of course you would do that. So, nineteen elevens, that style gun, twenty eleven, it's it's tunable right Mm -hmm. and so you're probably gonna put some money into that springfield to get it to where you want it to be okay or you just save up some extra money and get the staccato okay so comparing those two i i i i probably just wait you know sell a couple glocks or whatever to make up the difference (laughs) (laughs) Hey, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> so let me ask you this: as an instructor, um, CPA, and a DM, you know, uh, a performance-driven um, uh, instructor, what is the hardest thing to get across to new students that come out that have bad habits and think they are not—they're not real open-minded to your instruction? Like, what, what, what's some, what's some hard things to get across to them? Um. Oddly enough, I I think it's the the elder alumni that are usually the harder ones to to, to reach. Um, so the we know, the know-it-alls, huh? We, we start every class with a mindset and performance lecture, and it, that thing has evolved over the years. It's something that I picked up from uh, Travis Haley, you know, doing some classes with him and in. Uh, in uh, you know, it's evolved. It's light years from where where I started with it, or what I even heard from him. And and uh, it basically breaks down. There's two different types of mindsets, and in, in uh, you know, people that have a growth mindset versus those that have a fixed mindset. Mm-hmm. And what it does is it allows students to choose which which direction do you want to go. Right. Right. And so the fixed mindset is is obviously presented in a negative negative light not by my choice but it's just 
you know, it's the, hey, I know everything or I'm not willing to do something that I'm going to fail at because it makes me look stupid. Right. So reaching people, uh, it's tough. I mean, there's one guy. Let's just go to story time real quick, right? (laughs) One guy that was unreachable. He thought he was the best guy in the class, right? Smartest guy on the planet. And, like, I was ready to kick his ass by the end of the (laughs) class. I'm like, this is a CPL class to boot. And uh, and, uh, I was like, I'm not signing this kid's cert, you know? I'm ready Mm -hmm. to tell him just to kick rocks and get out of here. And my nephew and I was running the class. And I told him, I said, if that dude shoots someone, I'm not going to court and say, yeah, he was a good student, Right. right? And he's like, well, I'll sign this shirt. I was like, done. It's yours. <laughs> so look, ha- ha- has that happened? Like you didn't sign a cert for uh, a student? Um, I definitely have not oh, signed some certs. Okay. Um, if, if uh, you know, our CPL program is uh, everyday carry uh, basics, and we have a shooting qualification that you have to pass to pass the class. And it is what I like to think is simple. I understand that it's it, it can be hard for some people, but ultimately, if you can't be safe with a firearm, that's why people get DQ'd is, right. is for safety stuff, right? So if you're not safe with a firearm, who am I going to say, oh, yeah, they passed a safety course, so right. they should go out and get guns and, and think they're Superman and shoot people. Right. Right? So it's not, hey, you suck, get out of here. It's... right. Let's take a break. Right. Let's regroup mentally and come back. Right. Right. You can come stay in class, mm-hmm. finish the class, and then come back and do the range portion again, and, right. and we'll get you squared away. That so you, type so of you, thing. Okay. Right. So you give them opportunities to correct what 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 their their fault is or what they're thinking or um, to improve. Yeah. So ultimately, a a a new shooter is the easiest one to teach, right? Because they don't have anything to to fall back on, and and you can correct them and uh, get them going. It's the the guy that's trained, you know, a hundred different places and whatnot, you know, and and they come in and like, hey, I paid so and so a lot of money to learn how to do this, and it's like, well, your target sucks, right? <laughs> Let's try something else, or you just paid me to talk to you for for ten right. hours, and uh, right. so. Of course, we don't try not to be rude like that, but that's right. just us talking here, right? Right. So, it, is it hard to get students, CPL students that come to your class to do like the mind shift to come out to a DMI performance class? The the transfer rate from CPL to uh, you know from concealed carry basics to secure concealed carry two day or the primary handgun two day or when they were one day classes is next to nil hey like maybe two three four five percent tops yeah so i, I have a higher yeah. transfer rate of guys coming from the advanced you know what mm-hmm. advanced classes going to a cpl class so it's it's different than what i would think it would be but like i get it you know you're only in the cpl class because you have to be not because you want to be right um and i was i did this I'm well. When I first met him, do you think uh, you get a lot of people that that a certif- uh, cer- certificate? Uh, they just going out of the, like, well, I trained with such and such, such and such, so I can I'm able to come to this class and like they just out there certificate hopping. You know what I'm saying? Because I ca- I I did this. I called him when I first met him and asked him what was his background. I told him. <laughs> I didn't want to go to a handgun one class. I want to go to a handgun two class. So, you know, I was like, well, I trained with such, 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 so I'm, I'm, I'm good enough to get in that class. You know what I'm saying? Just so happened I was. I was okay. I didn't make myself look bad, but I, I did have some bad, uh, some fundamentals that I needed to work he, on. He didn't embarrass himself. <laughs> I didn't embarrass myself. But do you get that a lot? Like, um. Cloud certified certificate, cloud chasing. So the the question is, do we get people that uh, you know want to skip a level one class and, and go right to the level two? Not too often. It, you just explain to people is like, look, we do uh, performance shooting fundamentals probably different than you've ever even phantom they could be done, and uh, and. 
we don't do that in day two. So you're going to miss out on that, and you're going to miss out on all the manipulation skills and uh, the positional stuff. So if you're not doing it the way we do it and you're failing, then what you paid for it was bad intel, right? Mm -hmm. So it, it for you to be a better student, it's better to kind of – because cause our courses all cascade. You know, they, they, they escalate. Day two is, is a build-off of day one, and, and then, you know, a, a separate class, which is technically day three, builds off of those two together. So so missing a step in that puts you at, at a downside. And we don't get too many people that are trying to cut corners like KJ was, but he, he's since learned the error of his ways. <laughs> <laughs> ah, there it is. <laughs> there it is. Now, let me ask you this. Since... Why did you go and I and I seen this kind of in the industry? Why did you go from like one day classes to two day classes, like back to back Saturday Sunday? That's a that's a good question for for anyone uh, shopping the curriculum. They're like, hey, where's all the one day classes I wanted to come two years ago, right? <laughs> so now I want to come to one now that you don't offer them. It's literally what I just said. I mean, it's for for let's be honest. For you to learn something. And for it to stick, you got to get reps in. True. Right? Yep. And two days is better than one. Three days is better than, than two. And five days is better than three, right? So if you if you went to a five-day training package, you're leaving there with those skills ingrained already. Mm -hmm. You leave from a one-day package and, and, and you come back to a class two years ago or, or two years from now, it's you're starting from zero again. Mm. And so... What I found was that the students said, when we put them on the same weekend, uh, you know, primary handgun one and two, we put them on the same weekend, the students that went to both of them were seeing a tremendous growth in, in skill level. And the guys that would come back, you know, eight months later for handgun two, we had to spend a lot of time in refresher. Mm. So... <laughs> To me, it, it was a, a no-brainer. It's something I always wanted to do anyway. And uh, for me, I have more fun teaching the two-day package. Uh, and uh, just seeing the students and being able to spend that much time with them. And because they, they got to want it. If, if you're going to spend two days at a class, you got to want it, right? It's, right. Not, it's definitely a financial sacrifice and a time sacrifice. Yeah. Right. And, uh, but that's why we did it, because it, it's, just, it's a better product, and, uh, and, and our students are coming out better for it. And ultimately, that's why we're here. It's, it's fun, and we're giving good information mm -hmm. to, to good people. I so mean, so to go with that now, because I'm kind of curious to this, because I'm in my head, I'm sitting there thinking, like, okay, so why is that? So have you ever had any anybody take, like you said, is a, a third day, is there anybody that's ever taken one and two back-to-back? -back? And then, like you just said before, eight months out, comes back and takes three, and they're not the same shooter as they were, like you said, from one to two like that? Have you ever had that happen? Sure, definitely. Uh, you know, we joke around, you know, every time, like it's the first time or, you know, knowledge is, you know, like a toilet, right? Mm -hmm. you, you flush it, it goes down, and you right. start over with a right. fresh bowl. That's how, that's how some students arrive at class, and and you know you're you're retouching on stuff that they've paid for multiple times. And um, and, and Kevin can attest to this. I I challenge students. It's like I, I love seeing you in the same class eight nine times, but at some point, ask the hard question, right. and that's like, hey, why am I paying you so much money right. and I still suck? Right. We can have that conversation, and you're probably not going to like the answer, but right. that's where your mindset needs to right. be. And uh, so it happens. Just guys that shoot a lot, they don't have that fall off. And, but and, if, that, if, and if, that's where I was getting to in the, you know, because that's, that's the whole thing there, man. If, you, if you're not training in between. Exactly. What, if, if you're not. You at least, are just kind of spinning your own wheels there. I mean, I, like you said, like, like, he, like he joked about it, but, like, I tell people, you know, in classes or and when we convert, you know, uh, talking before, the paper and the class time stuff, I can probably te teach it to a monkey if you give me enough time. It's the actual, you know, of it doing it to actually hit home on on the on the range and actually yes. trigger time. Yes. But it's the same thing. If you don't keep up with it, what difference does it make then? You know. Let me and this is he just started doing this, and I was always wondering why he didn't. 
um, he started making drills of the month. Mm. Like, in some of these papers, these drills. <laughs> Crazy <laughs> stuff, huh? Well, uh, he, he, had, he, had to, he had to gear it back. And some Ross, Ross Palmer told him this, that he, that he had to make it for students to shoot in the range. Mm. Not necessarily. Because some of them, you have to be out at the outdoor range mm. or, you know, be able to you know, draw from a host or other things. But he made a, a drill of the month that was for, that you can go to the range and mm-hmm. shoot. So that gives students, um, like, like when you go to the gun range, you get those pitch, you know, some targets. I, mm-hmm. I kind of don't like those because some of them, you just, you see them out there with the silhouettes and they shoot a right. million rounds. Right. Like the, 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 the target that he created, like you can take it out there and work on stuff. Like, you know, you know, you can definitely work on a skill or, mm-hmm. um, like even some of the other drills he got that, well, if you come and be a part of DMI performance, you'll be part of the Facebook page and then you can download a lot of different files that help you at the range, right. on a square range, right. at, you know, like at Uncoil, you know, that's the home range. Right. I go there, I can download the, the file, put it up and, and work on s- certain drills. Mm-hmm. Now, why did you start doing the drill of the month? So, like I said, you know, always strive to to get out and practice with people that are better than you. If you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room, right? <laughs> so, right. So, Ross Palmer and I from you know Go CCW, he uh, he's always down to go shoot, and so with the Black Bottom Gun Club, he does a drill of the month there, and he's like, "Hey, I gotta develop this. I gotta do this." This why I have to do it this way, and uh, so I'm like, how come I don't have a drill? Right, right, right. So I was like, we can do different things with it, and uh, you know, we've already developed our in-house targets, so it's it's just an easy, easy transition. So, so it was something that I I just wanted to give back to the students, something that could be fun, and and you know, we post videos and, and laugh and say, yeah, I got it. You know, how come you can't do it, Jeff? And yeah, but I, <laughs> like, like. I, you know, my thing with with DMI performance is like give it to the world because I want him to make it open to everybody. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like some of them targets he got, like <laughs> one target for two seconds, the three shots and two, like draw from the holster. That's a that's a badass target. Like you mm. gotta. That, it's that not a. Hard. It's not a. It's not a first timer. It's up there like expert advanced. Mm. You know what I'm saying to get them shots off, mm. but then he kind of dealt it. I mean, brung it down a little bit with a target that you can take to the range and shoot. Okay. But like you said, I want him to open up to the public. You know what I'm saying? Like right. when I, if I show it, I want everybody else to show it to see what they can do, because you know you get these people that show or you know Instagram or whatever platform right. they're on. They doing fast this this and this, but the all shots matter, right? The right. Shot, when you training. You need to train how a situation or scenario that you're going to be in, not to right. say I must get this shot off at point zero zero seconds. Well, where did that? Sh- where did it go? Right. Was it on his hip? Was it, you know what I'm saying? But the <coughs> target that he created is like letting you know where your right. shots landed. And and I'm glad you said that like that. What you said, all shots matter, and the working through and everything. Because I was just about to bring that up. That you know we had a we had a session where we were on the range out outdoors, and you know I'm training with him and. That one, that one drill when we came across, and I messed up. Like I ran this perfect, perfect drill. Of course, slow. I ain't that fast yet. I'm, I'm working there, but as far as shots on targets and stuff, it was cool. I said, "All right, KJ, let's do it again. Do it again." Totally messed it up. I literally took the empty mag on purpose <laughs> and put it as far away as possible. But just my natural reaction of grabbing, grabbed the empty mag, noticed it was empty, flipped it, finally grabbed it up. But the point was, like he hit home, and I, I knew, but we were talking about it anyway. I had a mistake. I worked through it. Stuff like that can't happen in the real world. You never know. And just working through to finish out the drill. Now, of course, if you watch the video at the end, I'm mad as hell. And I'm, <laughs> forget that. I'm, I'm doing this because, you know, it's a mic in my way, so I can't get the full group. But you know what I'm saying. I'm like, ah, screw this. I done messed it up. But it's the fact that he had to tell me then, like, nah, you may have messed it up, but you still worked through it, though. You got rid of that, that problem and then, get by, you know, got back to it. Yeah, that's, that's 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 the key. Problem solving. That's yeah. what that's what we're looking for. The the shooting is shooting, right? Yep. Like you say, you can teach wild animals to <laughs> right. shoot guns, right? Right. So it's the problem solving aspect of it, and we generally when we develop these drills and drill of the month to be fun, but it's it's also hard, and some mm-hmm. of them are like stupidly hard, and it's mm-hmm. 
<laughs> why it's so we hold we hold ourselves to a standard. Yep. Right. So if if we can't get three shots off an ocular cavity in in two seconds, but we can get one off or two off in two seconds, right? That's probably good good enough, right? right? So we're practicing harder than what is required at right. game speed, right? So that that's why they're tough. Yeah. Hey, Lord, he say if the Lord chooses you at that time, what are you gonna do? <laughs> you know, because you get <laughs> listen, you can, right? It's a guy, if it, if it's your time, you gotta go, right? Mm-mm. So putting them shots where they need to be is so highly important. You ready for the wrap up, man? We're getting close on time. All right, man. so listen, that's just the first hour. I thought we had two. <laughs> <laughs> We, we still got to talk about uh, Dark Angel Medical. We got to talk about the DMI Performance Pistol. We got to talk about Knight's Armament, man. Hey, we, 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 gonna, we, we need a second hour. <laughs> We're going we gonna to bring you back, bro. You part of the fam. I'm going to say, wait a minute. <laughs> he did, I want to hear about all that, too. We got to say that for another, another hey, show. <laughs> hey, we're going to save it for another show, man, especially with the Dark Metal. Uh, We're going to get into that, right? Let me. Okay, let's do this. I do something I just started creating. It's called the lightning round. You don't yep. have time to think about it. You just got to go, right? Sure. Okay. You ready? Like you say something and whatever comes to mind. Right. Oh, yeah, he, 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 like he'll probably uh, get, like sometimes he maybe ask you a question, whatever comes to mind, or it's a this or that, and quick responses. And we, we give you like a second or two to, sure. you know, decipher it. But so yeah. I'm going to mess one of these up because I just <clears> asked him about it, but we're going to go with it. All right. So Daniel Defense or Nice Armament? Nice Armament. STI or Staccato? <laughs> STI. Handheld light or weapon light? Handheld light. L- 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 Ligar or? Liga. Liga or uh, uh, Tabernacle? Liga. Tabernacle is a lesser Liga, basically. So mm. Liga's the real I, I one. I knew I was going to mess that. Mm. I, I was going to. Liga Provider. No, no question asked. Okay. <laughs> Listen, why handheld light opposed to weapon light? Um, a handheld light is versatile. You can use it for every lighting need application. A weapon-mounted light you can only use for one application, and that is to light up a known threat to shoot a known threat. So you can't do administrative task or target identification with the weapon-mounted light, and you can do all that and more with a handheld. Preach, brother, preach. What you do like I do and carry both. Oh well, why not? You, yeah, redundancy <laughs> is is definitely a thing, but but I can to the average Joe though. Yeah, that's yeah. I can break out the good old handheld right. and control him with right. with a hundred thousand candela. Right. You right. know, while I look at you with the right. weapon on him, right, right. So right, right. So he got that good cloud defense um, handheld light. I need to get me one. O light? No, it's a cloud. No, it's that's not an IED. It's a cloud defensive. Okay. That's a bad boy. Mission configurable okay. handheld MCH. Okay. Yeah. Only only asked that or said it because I I've seen it. There's an O light. They make that. It's got the same uh, finger. Yeah. That's just that's yeah. Thrime. That's yeah. a aftermarket part that yeah. goes on there. Okay. So we Aram, asked, whatever however you pronounce it. <laughs> right. So look quick quick go <clears throat> go into a little bit about the medical dark angel dark angel medical and why taking like them classes uh, uh, stop the bleed class is important. All right, so the reality is every day of our lives, we have the potential to be severely injured from driving cars, walking, tripping, whatever, okay? So probably the, to problem-solve medical needs is a better skill set than, uh, than firearm skills because it just has a wide scope of, of uh, application. Like, we're all going to die for medical reasons at some point, right? Right. So... It's critical. Uh, Kerry Davis over at Dark Angel Medical is is he's great people. He's family. I, I love that guy. Um, he he offers a two day um, uh, course with it's based on T Triple C, which is the military's version of um, of first aid, hmm. and uh, it's focused on you know a combat situation and triaging where. As civilians were in the uh, TE or, or TAC, TE double C, and that's where we are a stopgap until professionals right. arrive. So, so, it, so it's basically like a level one trauma class, more or less. Yeah. Kinda, um, but it's just just stopping to bleed. Uh, you know, get people where they're not bleeding, providing triage till professionals arrive. Uh, you know, 
in in uh, the EMT world for years, it was always you know airway, 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 airway. You know, get them breathing. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, if their ability to carry oxygen is laying on the cement, then making them uh, breathe doesn't help you. So you gotta you gotta plug the holes and uh, you know get the bleeding to stop. Right. So for Dark Angel Medical, the the medical kits, the direct action response kit is. Uh, it's amazing. It's everything you need, nothing that you don't need. And uh, it's it's presented in a way that, that's easy to get to. And uh, it's just quality gear by quality people. So that's why we Dark Angel Medical. That's what's up. So um, we about to wrap it up. And I want to say thanks for coming out, my brother. Um, like I said, I learned all my game, my performance game from you. So let the world know where they can find you at and all your social media uh, platforms and and everything. DMIPerformance.com. You can go there, get information on the classes, see what the schedule uh, is for the year. And you can register there. Uh, We've got Facebook, which is DMI Performance. We've got Instagram, which is DMI underscore performance. Um, That's basically where we're at is, is those three places. So, come on out. We've got a primary handgun two-day that is, uh, this might air after the event. So, <laughs> let me just check the calendar to make sure I got my dates right for next week. <laughs> no, it's a, hey. It, there it is. March 25th and 26th. Okay. <laughs> there we go. It's going to be out before that. I, I'm on it. I got it. So head over to DMIPerformance.com and get signed up, and uh, you'll probably see Heavy Metal Kevin out there at least for one day of it. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. He put me on blast. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. He put me on blast. So, look, um, he let everybody know um, where to find him at. Like I said, definitely go and sign up. Just just take a class. Just just get in there and get at it, man. Um, You can follow um, me at popculture223 for the podcast on Instagram and on uh, YouTube. Um, Heavy Metal Lifestyle 223 is my Instagram. Um, it's a, a, Actually, it's Heavy Metal Lifestyle 223 on YouTube, too. So go and follow those um, platforms, especially when we post the information on Pop Culture 223. Pop Culture 223, we please want you to share it, save it, download it. Kick it out to the masses because we we need it um, mm-hmm. to keep the show going. Yes, to let sir. everybody know this game ism we given yes, to, to the to the population, and um, that's what uh, pop culture two two three is about: giving game to the masses and training the people that need it. Um, so that's it for me. Um, like I said, the bear is on. Yes, sir. He's here. We ready to go. We ready to go. Don't forget X. Come on out. Put your skills to the test. See where you stand. Yeah, well, as soon as we warm up a little more, I'll be hot. I told him, hey, man, hibernation for us is, is almost over. Hey, it's almost over. Last weekend, this is the last weekend of the weekend before, and we had uh, 45 shooters out for a winter match, you know, snow on the ground. And, uh, yeah, and it was a really hard match. We had a great time. <laughs> I told him our hibernation is over in April. Yeah, KJ said, right. well, maybe one more month. But <laughs> right, we'll while, see. while you were in the bed sleeping, I was out winning that Somebody winter match. Was out there so. shoot. Hey, right. we, uh, I, 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 hey. Somebody's always working. All right, man, right. we out. Be out of here. See you.